0: Hey, everybody, it's great to have you with us today as we dive into God's word. And it's an exciting message I want to talk about. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that it comes alive in the hearts and minds of every person listening. ask this in your wonderful name. Amen and amen. Raised in church and in a wonderful uh, family with my mom and dad, born again spirit-filled. They operated in the gifts of the spirit. They taught the word. I had such a great upbringing. And uh, so I had a chance to watch the diversity of Christians that there are. And I noticed that there were a select group of people that continued to grow in the knowledge of God's word. And then an even... More unique group that walked in the power of God's word. Then there's a whole other group of people that all they ever did for the rest of their lives was wallow in their unhappiness. Every situation that came along, they were, you know, upset. They'd talk about it. They'd cry about it. And why is God doing this? And they could tell they didn't know the word. And, and, and so, but we want to move on into the deeper things of God. We want to move on into the power of God. And that's what I want to talk about today because. This is the second part of the last message, but it's a little standalone if you haven't heard that one. But I want to talk to you about living this life, this overcoming life. The Bible talks about a Christian as this is an overcoming life, and that that's done by faith. That when God leads us, he leads us in constant triumphal procession. In other words, it's the procession of the winning king, Leading into the into his city uh, with all of the spoils of war and parading the enemy in change, no longer fearful, and, and so I want that overcoming life. I was determined, and I often refer to my upbringing after my parents because when I first worked, began to work in a hospital and began to get, you know get taught as a paramedic, um, there was so much that. Was going on around me, and I want to talk before we dive into this about becoming uninsulated. Whenever you look at a at a a, um, a wire across the stage, an extension cord, it is covered in insulation so that when a kid goes and grabs the wire, they don't get burnt or shocked or killed, and so that insulation stops. That electrical power from jumping out and touching anybody. And God began to deal with me as I began to go through my own uninsulation, not a word, but a good point. That looking at people, their hurts, their heartaches, their brokenness, I mean, I began to see. Literally, children dying in my arms as I was, you know, at accident scenes and trying to keep them alive. And in hospitals, I would see moms saying goodbye to their kids and little kids saying goodbye to their moms. I would see people in such anguish, and I met, I knew many personally who took their own lives because they couldn't handle what was going on. And something in me I began to cry out to God. And seven years of that, uh, as I began to, because I helped my father. In his church, um, at while I was um, working in the, in the hospital, which was an in hospital job and a paramedic job that would go out into the community, I look back now and realize that that I had I, I, that God was just helping me to become uninsulated. That I couldn't just you know make up little sayings like yeah whatever. Well, I mean life's like that, but I couldn't just kind of move people away, I began to develop compassion. And the Bible said that when Jesus had compassion, things began to happen. Compassion isn't feeling sorry for someone. Compassion is feeling their pain, feeling their brokenness and their heartache, becoming almost one with them. And then it moves you to action. And so I often would teach pastors when I traveled around the world and I'd ask them to give me an extension cord on stage. And I would take my knife out of my pocket and I would peel that rubber insulation off the extension cord. And then you could see this copper just glow, you know, just brilliantly glowing through. I said, now we've got power. And then I would pretend to put my tongue on it and you could just kind of see him going like this because with the insulation removed, power, that raw power was right there. And it reminds me of many Christians. As you are growing in the things of God, staying filled with the Spirit is a way of staying uninsulated, where stuff doesn't clutter up your heart, but your heart is just moved to want to build the church of Jesus Christ, to follow Jesus, to reach out and help people, which is the mission. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. He knows that building the teams of people uh, you know, in his local, his local church is how we reach out and how we touch the lost and we bring it, them, and we bring them in to the kingdom of God. And so when we begin to not look away but look at people with needs and not just feel sorry, but say, what can I do? Your heart begins to desire to move in that direction. And so I want to challenge you today that you might know a lot about the things of God. One of the things I've noticed that Christians do is to think away their job of helping people. They'll do it this way. Uh, so-and-so, I mean, they've made decisions. That's got what got them where they are. And, I mean, they should have done what I did. They've got the same Bible, the same God, you know. And so we kind of just push people away in our heart so that we don't have to get involved. It's kind of like the story of the Good Samaritan as, you know, this man is beaten, bloody, wounded, and then two people walk by. You know, one's a man of law, one's a man of religion, and, and as they walk by, they walk wide around the body because there's repercussions for them if they stop and touch. If it's a, a priest and he touches a dead body, you know, there's things he has to do. The other guy knew the law, and, and so they don't want to get involved And they would probably judge him. Oh, what's he doing? Was he partying last night? You know, what's happening to him? But now, then it says, the good Samaritan came along. And now, back then, the Samaritans and the Jews were at odds, man. It was meaning, if if they wanted to make fun of you, you were a Samaritan. And uh, they didn't like each other. And so, for Jesus to be saying this, he's just saying that this Samaritan put him on his horse, bound up his wounds, uh, took him to an inn, paid to look after him because he was moved with compassion. The more you get into God's word, it shouldn't just explain to you why people are the way they are. Yeah, ain't that the truth? No, it should be cause you to be like Jesus. How you entered the human race. You stepped out into the streets and the highways and the byways, and, and people love having you around because you minister love, etc. So when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, when you are filled with the Spirit and, and you know, and, and you maintain a spirit-filled life you will maintain an uninsulated life. There's nothing that's going to insulate you from wanting to move to others. That's why the Bible talks so much about love. Faith worketh by love. If you want to walk in faith and see miracles and deliverance and signs and wonders and people being one to God and their lives being touched and and, and their names written in the book of life, then the very uh, foundation of faith, faith worketh by love, is that this love for people, valuing people, this love for his church. Jesus loves his church and the groups of people, especially the household of faith. And so people who are filled with the Spirit truly, that they they love the church. They love leadership. They're very submissive uh, to leadership. They love just, you know, they don't have to be the, the bomb or they're being looked at. And so it's crucial that you understand that maintaining a spirit-filled life will keep you uninsulated, which means your love is always flowing out of you, this compassion. You love getting involved with people. Now, I've noticed as well when God began to do that in my life that I wasn't um, naive. In other words, you know, letting people use me, letting people uh, steal from me, letting people... Take my, steal my time when it's better served someplace else. In fact, the opposite is true, which I often teach pastors, is that when people try to take your time, you need to know immediately if you can actually help them, because I'd say maybe, you know, 20% of the people that even get counseling will actually do anything uh, or get any help, and so many of them need to just push in for God. Uh, and of course, we counsel with people. But I noticed that I, I, I couldn't let people waste my time, because there are others that I believe God is leading. So I would figure out a way to pray for them quickly, point them in the right direction, and then move on. And they don't. They want me to fix it. They want me to lay hands on them. They want me to, to change everything. Um, but them moving in a direction towards Jesus is better than them moving in a direction towards me. Uh, they need to move towards Jesus. Otherwise, they're always going to be coming back to just me, and I don't mind doing that as their coach, as their pastor, as their teacher, etc., as they continue to develop a relationship with God, Uh, but but that's what what we, we need to do. And so, as you take a look at God's word, staying filled with the Spirit is a life that you can have. Now, when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, it affects business. And in fact, in the Old Testament, the first people where we hear the term that they were full of the Holy Spirit were on business people. And it affected their ability to build the temple, how they worked with, with equipment. Um, and how they handled things, and and so we need to know that when you maintain that spirit-filled life, it doesn't mean that you act like so many think, like this bizarre, weird monk running around. No, it literally means you could become the CEO of a company. When you look at the word, the power of God, this authority of God, um, it literally means that you have an ability to lead groups of people, armies, uh, that you can... So... When it comes to business, when it comes to skill and talent, if you have the skill to write songs and God's called you to arts and entertainment, to write movies, to be an actor, his ability within you causes you to go beyond anything the world has seen. So maintaining a spirit-filled life affects relationships. Because as you maintain that spirit-filled life, it burns out the dross, the anger, the irritation, the selfishness. Maintaining a spirit-filled life keeps that burned off and at bay. But as you go back to, to being selfish and self-centered, uh, it'll, it'll hurt and affect all of your relationships. When you maintain a spirit-filled life, your body is affected. Um, it, it heals it. Now, you still have to eat properly, sleep properly, because even Jesus, it says, was talking to the woman at the well and he sat down because he was tired so they went in to get him he was hungry they went to get him something to eat and then when they came back he was already energized and they said well who, who fed you and he said I have food you know not of in other words Holy Spirit when you stay filled with the Spirit the things he wants you to do he energizes you to do but there still is the time when you afterwards need to get rest eat smart Look after your body. All of these things are taught in the word of God. So maintaining a spirit-filled life is crucial. Now, in James chapter 5 and verse 16 is a unique verse. It has changed my life. It is one of my (laughs) verses that I treasure. And in verse 16 of James 5, it says in the Amplified Bible, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now that's an interesting thing. we're not done the verse yet, but that if your life gets to a place where, you know, your mind, your heart, your emotions, your body, everything's just, uh, like, get help. Talk to another believer that is filled with the Spirit of God. Because then it says the next part of this verse, and then pray because it says the earnest, heartfelt, continued in the, in the original Greek means fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, the way the Greek brings out this verse is tremendous. That this prayer is fervent, which means red hot. It's effective, which means it works. And this word here also means it's putting forth power. This, This power that is within you, you are able to release it into situations. And so the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes Tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, one of the stories I often tell here because it just helps bring revelation is as a young teenager, I believe I was, I don't think I was even 13, I was probably 12, a friend of mine, Brent and I, uh, working for his dad, and he took this old truck out to a huge pile of old brush that had been pushed down, dried out, and his dad, that day it was safe to burn it. And so he said, go put some gas in there, and burn that, all that dead brush that we have, the caterpillar had pushed into like big piles. And so we went there and not knowing any better, we grabbed this great big five gallon container of gas and we just started dumping gas everywhere. I mean, we were going to get a fire going. And uh, so we dumped this gasoline everywhere. It was a hot day, and uh, unbeknownst to us, obviously, it's atomizing into the air, and there's gasoline fumes everywhere. I think we did the whole five counts. <laughs> and we stepped back to the truck a ways away from the pile, and we struck a match, and we were going to throw this match, or this book of matches, into the fire, or into the brush, rather than be close, because we knew there was gasoline there. But as soon as we lit a match, there was this huge whoosh, and an explosion as all the gas, the heat had kind of atomized into the air. The flames caught it, and it singed off my eyebrows, the hair off my arms. Thank God neither of us were hurt. And uh, it reminds me of this verse. I'll tell you why. As we shook that five-gallon can of gas around that brush, and we wanted to burn it, um, it, was, it was literally creating power. I mean, uh, power was becoming available to, for our intent to burn this. And the more gasoline we shook all down this big pile of dried up brush, um, the more power became available. And then it says tremendous power is available. It doesn't mean it's happening. It just means it's available. It's potentially there. But then it says dynamic and it's working when we lit the match, all of that power, all that residual power, all that potential power that we had made available, it went whoosh. And did we burn that brush for his dad? Oh, it burnt good. And uh, so let's compare this to prayer, all right? He's not talking about prayer bugging and begging with God. It literally is teaching us that the way that New Testament prayer is taught, that it's fervent and earnest, It's continued, it's a righteous man, which means he has to know he's righteous and believe that he is the righteous of God in Christ. But the prayer makes tremendous power of it. It doesn't say that God goes, okay, and he makes it. No, the actual prayers of the saints, because God is within us and he's working with us. Holy Spirit is our helper and we're making tremendous power available as we pray. Now, if you're praying for somebody else, And you can pray Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 1. These Pauline prayers are tremendous as you're praying and speaking the word of God over them. This prayer is making tremendous power available. And when that person believes and accepts, wham, incredible things happen. It was one of the things I tried to figure out about our worship and miracles nights. Because... You know, miracles happen on a regular basis. But when we as a church would get together and we would worship and praise God, the Bible teaches us that God dwells in the praises of his people, that he's looking for worshipers, that if one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. So did you know that singing to God is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God. So if you're worshiping and singing, that's prayer. And we're declaring his greatness and his omnipotence and and how beautiful and, and, and an overcomer and everything about God and so tremendous power is being made available as we gather as a church, worshiping and praising, and then the teaching of the word, you know, just bring. And then as we come to a place where all of a sudden the gifts of God begin to operate in the body, um, it's stunning. Where also, I'll get a word of knowledge and I'll call something out and that person, wham, will get healed. And, and others without me calling anything out, it's just that we're at a place where I say now, declare with your mouth in Jesus' name, I'm healed of this heart disease, my diabetes, my spine is healed And Jesus. people begin to declare the word of God, because tremendous power has been made available as you're in this service. And then, like dynamic in it's working, just the miraculous begins to flow in a greater way as we come together. And so this ability to pray and make tremendous power available is crucial for you as well. The Bible says in Jude 20, building yourselves up. In your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. The Bible says he who prays in the Spirit um, edifies himself. That's the word for charging you up, uh, bringing you to a place of, of being filled with the Spirit. And so praying in other languages as the Spirit gives us utterance is something we must do daily. Singing and worshiping God is crucial. The Bible teaches us that back then, that they literally would have be making melody in their heart. They would be singing and praising God. Why? Because that's prayer. That is declaring God's goodness, His beauty. How fantastic! How much I love Him! And so, singing in so, if you've got a great worship and praise tape that has got faith-filled words, and it just touches you, of course, put it on and sing along rather than just listening. You worshiping God is crucial. Tremendous power is made available when you worship Him. Tremendous power is made available when you pray in the Spirit. Tremendous power is made available when you begin to declare God's Word over situations. Often when I would get a call to go in and pray with someone and it was a, a, you know, just a huge issue was going on. I had to walk into intensive care or there's an accident scene. I would pray in the spirit if I could quietly to myself all the way there. When I was working in ambulance, um, I would just pray so quietly they didn't know what I was doing. They just thought like them, I was preparing my mind mentally for the horrible accident scene ahead because often they would do the same thing. They'd be running through uh, the steps and the proper sequences of you know the ABCs of, of that and triage. And so I would just quietly be praying to myself in the spirit. And other times, if I was alone or I had a, a born-again believer as my partner, we would be declaring the word over the situation that whatever we put our hands to would prosper, that when we lay our hands on the sick, that they would recover, that we bind the spirit of death and we ask God's guidance and wisdom. Uh, and, and so we would be declaring his word. There's, there's There's ways in the Bible of maintaining this spirit-filled life. And I encourage you to look into this. If you have never been filled with the Spirit, be, you know, if you're around here, keep coming out, keep listening, keep growing in this desire to have this. And I challenge you that maintaining a Spirit filled life is what the vast majority of believers um, have done. They have not maintained it. And it is up to you, it's not up to anybody else. And it's very simple but profound. And the other thing I've noticed, and we're going to close here, is that if you're a part of a dynamic, fervent church that teaches the word and practices ministry time or worship time, there is such a contagious flow that just being in a worship and praise service and listening to the word of God, if you are plugged in and mixing faith with what you hear in the word, worshiping God, that there you're being charged up. And it's going to help you immensely to maintain this spirit-filled life during the week as you worship, pray in the spirit, and study the word for yourself. God has given us incredible ability to maintain this spirit-filled life. Your spirit, man, is filled with God. But you want it out into your mind. You want it out into your emotions. You want to establish your heart in grace. You want your body and its cells and all of its, um, you know, systems to be touched by the presence of God. You want to be able to minister this power to others. So it's exciting when you realize the importance and the beauty of having a spirit-filled life. For anybody watching right now that doesn't know Jesus, I just want to challenge you that He's never going to force himself into your world. But if you will just right now just say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm asking you, come into my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price for me to be in God's family. I accept. And I'm following Jesus as my Lord for the rest of my days. Welcome to the body of Christ. That's how beautiful and fantastic that is. And keep coming out to church. Keep growing in the things of God. And uh, ahead of you is the most amazing and stunning life. And to all of those who've been around for a long time, I'm just challenging you. You have choices to make. You go ahead and just minister to your body with all of what it wants. Music, food, fun. And, and you can do that as well. But your priority is to make sure that the Spirit of God that's within your recreated spirit begins to radiate into all that you do now your fun is super amazing now you can enjoy life and all the pleasures god's given you in a way that doesn't destroy things because he's leading and guiding and blessing you the bible says the kingdom of god is not meat and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit people who maintain a spirit-filled life enjoy their lives way beyond anyone else others are trying so hard to get away from their work get away from their spouse get away to try to find some sanity i'm going to go fishing i need to go with the girls and shop and, and and all those things are good but if your purpose is that's the only way you get relief you can literally walk in joy and peace even in the midst of the hardest working day well god bless you